I actually feel like our innate human condition is to create and we create based on what we currently have. And so when we get to a stage or a phase, we have a different perspective of what we could create next. And we have a competence or a confidence that comes from the tasks that we've done that then give us a different perspective to go, oh, well, I could do this now. Like, But if I told you you could do that from the beginning, you would never believe me. Welcome to the Hustle Rebellion Show. We are on a mission to prove that being busy all the time does not always lead to success. We are business owners who are ready to stop wasting energy so we can be more productive. This podcast will give you the steps to stop hiding behind the hustle so you can start living the life you want. I'm your host, Heather Porter. Well, hello, guys, and welcome back to episode number 49. I want to tell you a little bit about our guest for this episode. So she and I have actually known each other for just shy of 20 years. She's gone through a tremendous journey in business with multiple businesses, which you're going to hear a little bit about coming up soon. So she's been in business for roughly 20 years, and you'll hear her about her start, what happened before that soon. She's the co-creator of a community with three and a half thousand online marketers. She teaches systems and automation. That's really where she excels. She is known or likes to be known as the automation queen. She loves anything that makes your life easier and gives you your time back. What an appropriate guest for our show, right? (laughs) So her business philosophy is the person with the biggest database wins. And we need to start creating, following, and nurturing them into a sale automated whenever possible. So you guys, I'd like to welcome Rochelle Williams onto our show. All right. So here we are with my amazing guest, Rochelle, who I have known for close to 20 years, which is crazy. How's it going, Rochelle? It doesn't make us sound very young, does it, Heather? (laughs) We were 10, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Really all our life. I know. <laughs> Rochelle's has such a business journey. She's had multiple businesses over the years. And I just thought she'd be such a great person to talk to you guys about business growth, challenges, but also her area of specialty as well, which we'll get into coming up soon. And guys, as you know, I always like to just jump straight into a few tips before we learn more about Rochelle. So Let's get into the tips. What are three tips that you have used in your business career to grow your businesses smarter, to stay away from that hustle and grind sort of culture that we're all exposed to? Yeah, 100%. And I think being in the hustle rebellion, like my tips are very much around that from years of experience through the multiple businesses that I've had, understanding, you know, you're trading time for money. So my number one tip is create something that's leveraged, create something that doesn't rely on your time because it is a limited resource that you have or we all have. Yeah. (laughs) Is creating a business that you don't have a limited ability to expand that if you get to your X amount of hours that you're wanting to work, that that's capping your income or capping your earning capacity. So that would be tip number one, create something with leverage. My tip number two is do something that makes your heart sing that you're really passionate about. Many years ago, I did the passion test. And I think there's a beautiful quote that is, if you find something that you love to do for a living, you'll never feel like you've worked a day in your life. Now, I'm putting it into my own words and I can't even tell you who said it, but the gist of finding something that that actually fills you up 
is critical because I think as an entrepreneur, definitely when we're working for ourselves, we're creating all the time and we're needing to put a lot of energy into that. And I think if that's effortless or that's in flow, then it's way easier to build and way easier to kind of create something that you feel is good in the world, (laughs) but also, you know, it makes your heart sing and it makes you feel good about what you're doing. Yeah. And I would say the third piece is, you know, I could do 10 tips because (laughs) there's so many lessons that you learn in business. But I think that my third tip would be to create some sort of legacy income. So it is creating something that continues to pay you even after you finish doing the work. And I often, my life story that stems from you, you will relate to being in web. Oh, I think back and I think, you know, if for every website that I had built, if I had a trail commission on every single site, you know, how much more income I would have created over my years. And I'm not saying that's the only thing that you can do it with, but actually being smart in business and creating something once that pays you over and over. I have a big experience in network marketing and that was probably where the seed was planted for that sort of leveraged income is creating the efforts, 1% of 100 people rather than 100% of my own efforts and utilizing that, but not creating something that is continuously needing your efforts to make money. Yeah, smart. I'm going to take a step back to your point number two around passion, working with something that makes your heart sing. Hmm. I've known you for a long time, so I'm going to ask you, what makes your heart sing right now? My currency, when I talk about making money in business, like my currency is helping people, is seeing people take something that they thought was just who they were and and weren't putting much value to it and turning that into something that was helping others or really valuable to others. Like if I was to say, what is my my genius? It is to pull out of somebody else their personal IP, like their life experience that's kind of come to this point in all these weird things that like I look at my background and I think, gosh, it was just an orchestrated event of all the things that I needed to do exactly what I'm doing right now. And if I bring that to the table and help other people to see what they've created through their life experience and how they can turn that into a course or a podcast or, you know, like a business that is based on who they've created themselves to be to this point in life. And because that's forever evolving, that just like helping people to find that and create an income out of that and get freedom out of that and not be shackled to the system, that's what makes my heart sing. And I think when I'm doing that, time just disappears. Like I can talk underwater about it. I could talk all day about it. And I don't feel like I've really worked. I think, gosh, people pay me really good money (laughs) to have this conversation. Yet it's so effortless when you find that thing that you, you know, and own it. I think for us women, that's probably one of the biggest navigators that I deal with is, you know, that imposter syndrome and that not being good enough, not feeling like what we have to say is valuable enough for somebody to hear and helping somebody, and I do work with women specifically, and so helping women to find that voice and step into that value and see how amazing they are is 
probably the biggest part of the journey that, you know, it's so inspiring to see somebody go through that. Yeah. And it's great that you've found that. And I want to give some context to why you're wired like this as well. And then we'll learn a little bit more about how you work currently and some tips around that. But let's take a few steps back in time. And if you could summarize your journey in business, where have you come from? What was your first business? And then how have you gotten to where you are now? Yeah, for sure. So I won't go too far back in time, otherwise we'll be here all day. But (laughs) my starting ground, you know, like if I was to say, what would I have ended up doing if there was no restrictions? I was an actress and I was on TV and and film and musical theatre and like I loved expressing myself through that form. And I feel like it was my mum that said to me like, you know, you either make it really big in that or you don't. And I felt like I had the ability to make it big, but I had a fear of being famous and losing my life because I was famous. Like I just didn't want to, like I know this sounds probably so crazy from somebody on the outside. I'm like, gee, she has tickets that she thought she was going to be so famous she couldn't even go and get a (laughs) bottle of milk without somebody recognising her. But that's what I was like. I don't want my life to be dictated like the Hollywood where everyone's taking photos. I'm like, oh, no, that just that's not what I want. But if I could be, you know, if I could act and I could be in movies and that and not be recognised, that would be perfect. But at some point I just went, you know what, I'm actually going to opt out of that and go into a corporate career. And it was stemmed basically from I wanted to buy a car and I wanted to rent an apartment. And being an actress, you make a lot of money one month and it might go months before you get another gig. And so I wanted that consistency and the things that everyone was building your status with at that particular time. I mean, I was quite young. I just got back from overseas and I was like, I just want to have the things that all my friends are having. Like now I wish I hadn't, but you know, we all live and learn. And so I went into corporate and I was pretty driven (laughs) to get to the top and, and get there as quickly as I could. So I went kind of through sales and marketing for Optus, you know, became a sales consultant and national for, for their kind of mobile phone sales and that sort of thing. And kind of giving some background to my life, my father was in business. And so all I had known was small business. Like my mum worked with my dad. My dad had a multi-million dollar business. He was super successful. And so for me, I was like, the thought of actually running my own business was a dream, but not one that I thought that I could. And a beautiful way that we met was life coaching. Totally. <laughs> my friend convinced me that she wanted to go and, and do this life coaching course. And I was like, okay, I'll go and support you. And Neil, you know, stood up on the stage and he said, like, it's only your beliefs that hold you back. And I was like, I didn't believe I could be a business owner. And I was like, okay. So that was my path. I just went from that moment. I was like, I'm going to decide to be a business owner. And I bought into my first business and, and, you know, have been in business now for 20 years. So it's kind of like, it was that one belief, I say, that totally changed the trajectory of my life. And look, I didn't nail it in my first business, nor my second or my third. Like, you kind of grow into that. But I think that was the, that was the path of going, you know what, 
I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to do my own thing because if it's just a belief, then I'm just going to shift that belief. And I shifted that belief and next minute I was like, wow, okay, with that belief, I can be a business owner. I can try business. And yeah, it kind of blossomed from there. Beliefs are interesting things, aren't they? Because you can really honestly change really quickly when you change the belief that you have. Like you said, it was just a moment, a moment in time, and it set you on a trajectory for the next 20 years of what, you know, being a business owner. Yeah. Yet they can be so stubborn, like depending on how many references we have for them or how solid they are in in our makeup. Like it's just, it's like, yes, that shifted so I think easily now, but at the time I remember I was crying. I was like holding on to, well, if my dad can't, you know, because my dad had lost everything in the 80s. And so I was like, if my dad can't make this work, how am I ever going to be successful? You know, and of course, there's so many layers. Of course, I then built a business and lost everything because I was still all these multiple little beliefs that were sitting off that were running and driving my experience and my, <laughs> what I was creating in my life. So, yeah, it's a really interesting reflection when you look at it like it is just a belief, but holy moly, beliefs are <laughs> multifaceted and, yeah, you know, they come back to bite you. You think you've changed that belief and then it's like, oh, yeah, really? Have you? I know. Let me test. Let me test how strong that belief is for you, you know? Are you going to give up at the first turn or... If I trip you over and you fall down and you scrape your knee, are you going to give up? Like, how much do you want this? Or if you're too stubborn, like I was talking to another guest recently and he goes, don't be a martyr of your own business. You know, don't have to think like, if it's going to get done right, it's up to me. All these beliefs, right? That we literally have to work hard to achieve this. Like we're ingrained with them and we come into the business environment with them. And that's why so many of us are held back. We get stressed because we believe maybe that's what comes with business, right? Mm-mm. Well, I think, yeah, that there's a really big element of ego around that too. Like, I know we all say, oh, we're going to believe that we have to work hard to make money. But if we can make money and it doesn't actually involve us, who are we? Like, why do we need to be in that? And so we tie ourselves up in not letting go of things because then we're important and we're a really pinnacle part of what makes our business make money. So therefore we're needed and the ego gets it stroking and everyone's happy, but (laughs) it doesn't enable us to really scale. And that's, I think, the critical thing that holds us back is holding on, like just doesn't allow that growth. It doesn't allow that ability for your business to grow beyond you. Yeah. We're covering some pretty deep topics of beliefs and ego. I'm like, no, I wanted this to come out. This is good because as soon as we started going on the belief tangent, I just know that sometimes we just, we don't see that we're the ones holding ourselves back or that we are the ones that can actually change in that moment, like you said. So it's a good reminder to people listening. Yeah, yeah. And it's also a good time for me to start to talk more about what you do now because you certainly have had an amazing journey. So let's talk a little bit about what you specialize in now. And if you find it easiest to walk us through a case study of somebody that you've worked with recently from point A to point B, please, let's do that. But what does Rochelle Williams do these days in her business to get people results? (laughs) Well, I touched on it a bit earlier in that if I can work with women and generally all of my clients are women in online business, 
which is quite a broad stroke. However, it's finding their genius and creating a leveraged product that they can create a legacy income or create some sort of ongoing income that isn't relied on their efforts. So if I was to walk you through a case study, it would be identifying what they're currently doing and what their skills are and what they're either owning, are their expertise or pulling out of them what they want to be known for and, you know, if they want to leave a a mark on the world, like what does that look like? What do they want to be said at their funeral of the impact that they had on the world and how they helped their person navigate through their expertise, like really blossoming into who they are. And I think that comes with a lot of uncomfortableness if we're real. Like if we're going to stand up and say, I'm an expert or I'm, a, I'm amazing at this, I am a master at this particular thing, that's why I should be the person to help you to do that. We've got to be really solid in our ability to deliver that particular thing or to help that person get from A to B. And so sometimes there's some stepping stones in doing that and there's some personal growth, which, you know, I've done life coaching, I've done running a wellness centre and having lots of spiritual teachers around and all of that comes together because, yes, it is business and, yes, we're building a course and we're making money in our businesses, but we're humans that are doing that and women especially are doing that and we've got baggage, like whether it's pre-children, post-children, not had children, like we just bring all of that into our workplace. And I think for, for women finding their flow is the critical effortlessness. My tagline is it gets to be easy if you get out of your own way. Like if you get into flow and you start doing things that make the energy, like you're going with the stream, you're not paddling against the current. <laughs> and as women, I think when we get into our masculine and we do, 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 we're paddling upstream. We're not in flow and in our feminine essence. And we're rewriting this or we're actually writing it for the first time because women in the workplace and in the workforce, it's a new revolution. It's a new way to pave. And I think we started by coming into the workforce with our masculine energy and doing the do like men do. And then we need to move and find our feminine energy and how we how we orchestrate that around the rest of our crazy lives because, you know, we put our hand up and said, we want to be successful business women and we want to be mums and we want to do this and we want, you know, I'm like, seriously, what were we signing up for? We're crazy, right? <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> totally. Hey, Hustle Rebels. Did you know this podcast is brought to you by Website Love? That's my business. To help you cut back on the busyness in your business, a good place to start is to get your foundations right. I have two gifts for you to help you get your website working better. Watch the video masterclass, Six Things Your Website Needs to Get More Customers, or download the Ultimate Checklist, a 14-step plan to patch the leaks on your website. Just visit hustlerebellion.com now and scroll down to get access. So 
when you're working with somebody, do you start with working on, I guess, what they want to be known for? Do you do mindset work with them? How does the relationship start with you? Yeah. So the first part, which really brings out most of the internal demons is your ability to dream what it is that you want to create. And we call it create, you know, what is your yes life? What does your yes life look like that you want to create? And what is your yes business look like? Because I think there's another fundamental thing that the conversation goes to. We don't often just put our CEO cap on and actually decide this is how we want our business to run. We run it based on what we've seen somebody else do and and we don't design it to fit in with the way that we want to work and the way that it works for us. And so we do that initially. We pull out like, what is your grand vision? Which of course then stirs up all the demons of I'm not good enough and I could never have all of that and I'm going to pull it apart before I even start creating it. And we work through that sort of stuff. So we open up the Pandora's box of what's possible. And and if you had no limitations, what would it look like? And then we look at, okay, well, what does that look like? How could you create that? With my edge of I'm always coming in and going, how leveraged is that? How passive is that? How automated is that? How systemized is that? And how much of of you is going into this that's going to limit its growth and its expansion to kind of share with the most amount of people? That's good. I love the framework. Okay, cool. So you bring them into understanding what they might want to do, their yes business in life, and then you run them through this framework. And then what? What happens from there when you realize, okay, this could be good for them? This is going to deliver the vehicle that they want. Where do you take them from there? So then we have a team of VAs. I help them because it's not an easy thing for us to ask for what we want and, you know, and get it done by somebody else. And so we're dealing with the letting go and we're dealing with, you know, tasks need to be done. And the best way to do that is with a VA. So we, in our programs, work with a VA and that VA basically will implement the ideas that we're having from a tech perspective. So we set up a system, we set up the automation, we set up their audience, we talk about how they're going to talk about and share their message of who they help and how they're going to help them and then how they're going to deliver that. And so all of that kind of back end creation of the course or creation of the product happens with their VA. And I just keep my finger on the pulse and come in and hurt us all through the process of evolution of, you know, starting with what we thought was a great idea and finding out that we don't like it and then going to the next thing and evolving to Nirvana which you never get there and you're never done. So Yeah, good point, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just when you think you've got it sorted, you're like, oh, I don't really want to do that anymore. Why do we do this to ourselves? I think human beings are so, so cruel on ourselves because we're always, especially business owners, entrepreneurial sort of types of characters, we're always like, okay, I'm always striving, I'm always pushing, I'm always striving, and then it cut, you get it, and you're like, okay, I'm always striving, I'm yeah, yeah. always pushing. Yeah, it's crazy. But I think too, like, you know, <laughs> that saying where, you can't see from where you are, but when you get to the top of the mountain, you see then, oh, there's all this. Then, of course, like where I think we need to make peace with that rather than feel like we're forever achieving and striving to impress somebody or something or, you know, even internally our own, I want to be successful because of something or, you know, because of my life experience. I want to prove something to somebody. Like I actually feel like, 
our innate human condition is to create. And we create based on what we currently have. And so when we get to a stage or a phase, we have a different perspective of what we could create next. And we have a competence or a confidence that comes from the tasks that we've done that then give us a different perspective to go, oh, well, I could do this now. Like, But if I told you you could do that from the beginning, you would never believe me or you'd never, you know, you can't use my experience to do that. You actually need to discover that in your own journey. Really well said. What are a couple of tips right now or trends that you have come across with your clients that are working really well for that leveraged sort of business? Well, creating something that's scalable, like creating something that isn't limited by your serviceability. So if you have to spend three hours to deliver that thing, you have a limit to how many you can do. Yes, you can probably train somebody or several people to do that. So get that scalability. But I think one of the trends that we're seeing post-COVID is this online space where you can create something once and you can deliver it over and over and only have to show up for a few hours or components of that. And I think the trend, I don't know what your perspective is, but mine is definitely like people are craving you, like they're craving that connection piece. And so that to me is great, but it's also limiting as in it's it limits my life. So I don't want to pour too much of myself in. But if I can have a group of 100 people and I'm talking and having that same conversation, we're all getting value from that which is the same value of a podcast, you know, where we're having a conversation, but so many other people can tap in and listen to that. Like that leverage piece in whatever you're creating is thinking about, okay, how can I create something once and leverage it multiple times or use it in different formats or, you know, content where we're constantly creating all this content. And another trend is People are just screaming out for somebody to simplify the amount of content that's available. It's not like you have to have an original idea. Like, I feel like all the ideas are done. It's just your ability to actually sift through all of the stuff that's out there and make it like really simple. And if you have that ability to have done that yourself and therefore found the path that you went through, teaching that is what people are craving is just that show me the shortcut, like cut through all the bullshit, cut through all the fluff and give me the the end result that I want in the shortest amount of time possible because I don't have a lot of that. Yeah, I agree. The thing is, and I love what you said about leveraging yourself because I feel like there's a big shift going on right now, especially with the advent of AI and more and more content going out there where people are going to want exactly the two things you spoke about, more of a human being, like a real person. So if we know that, then how can we be smarter about our time, like you just said? And number two is simplification, especially now. There's just so much out there. It's like, how can you make it applicable to the person in front of you at the simplest, fastest way to get them a result? So I'm not surprised that those are your trends that you mentioned. Well, yeah, like we're competing, like we're competing for airtime, like we're competing for how many other podcasts are having these sorts of conversations, yet people are craving to listen to that podcast that's going to give them that inspiration or lift them up or something that they hear that helps them on their journey. Like we're wanting so much, yet 
we've also got to sift through like what's garbage, what's being created by generated by a machine and really doesn't have the essence of what you're looking for. And so that's what I'm seeing is the craving for connection and just wanting to actually work with somebody in person. Like, you know, it's so Zoomified and everything is online and we're kind of like, actually, it's really nice to meet somebody and give them a hug. And (laughs) like, I don't care if we don't learn anything. It's just really nice to meet other people and, and connect. Yeah. Oh, I so agree. I so agree. And on that note, if people want to connect with you, where can they find you? Where do they connect with you? Yes, we can link it in the show notes, but I have a a free Facebook group where we basically give all of our tips and tricks and, you know, you get to understand and know us. You know, my first point, leverage, that's where we go in every week and we, we pour content, we pour value into our community. So that's probably the best place to get started. And I have a podcast, which is It Gets To Be Easy, where we're talking about all the things that we can cut through to make our business life easier and more effortless. And, you know, if we never get there and we're never done, we want to make it a fun journey on the way. (laughs) I freaking, I love it. It's so aligned with this show as well. So it's so good. Like the messages that you have. Yeah, yeah. So you guys, if you're looking to pick up a new podcast that you want to go out and check out, definitely check out Rochelle's. Any last tips or ideas that have come up from this conversation that you want to share with our listeners? Oh, that's, I'm like, how many more things can I have in my little head? No, (laughs) I think probably the other pillar of what I stand by, I call myself the automation queen because I'm just like, whatever you can automate, whatever you can systemize, whatever you can, you know, sometimes you have to do it manually to see whether it's going to work. But if you can automate it, like, be the first person to let go of something and let it be automated because the automation, I can guarantee, will be way more efficient than you as a human with emotions and different days and feeling like you want to work one day and not the next. Like that automation will actually give you that consistency. So whether it's like committing to doing a blog post or a podcast or something that is a commitment of content, but actually let the automation piece take in and spread that message to as many people as possible. Very good note to end our conversation on. Absolutely big believer in just having that mindset of how can you repurpose, repackage, use automation. You guys shine your light, give your message once, but let your machine support you, you know, to get it out there. Yeah, yeah. I have a question for you, like just as in creating a a rebellion. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. (laughs) around hustle. Like what would your biggest takeaway in your life experience be to cut that hustle out and to still have the thing that feeds your joy and feeds your energy? Because sometimes I feel like when you cut things out, you feel like, oh, like I really like designing. I don't really want to give that to someone else. Then I don't really have (laughs) a part to play. But what would be your tip? I love that you asked a question. Smart one. So my main tip is I live and breathe by my calendar. I know it sounds so unsexy, but I literally have things blocked out from my Pilates classes that I go to, to, I'm going to block this time out to call my mom or whatever. Like I literally block it out because it will get taken. My team will book it. So that's, I live and breathe by it. And it's a nice combination of me as well as clients team. So that's huge. But also, yeah, I mean, there are things that I still like to do and I'm still going to do them. 
and I don't have to delegate those things. And I think that's yeah, the key yeah. is like, and it changes all the time too. It changes from year to year. So it's just going, what do I like to do right now in my business, in my life? And hanging on to those things where you're like, oh, that felt good. I like that, you know, and getting rid of the ones that are not quite aligned yes. with you in that way. So I guess those are the two kind of, the two answers to your question. Yeah, thanks. But good question. I think it's Thank a real, you. like to me, it's there's a real divine... Because uh, I nearly throw up in my mouth when you tell me to put things in my calendar. Because I'm like, if I have a full calendar, that makes me feel really unfree. Like I'm like, I like to have open spaces so that I can just jump yeah. in and do what I feel like I want to do. So, what I hear in what you said is such a, like a beautiful permission to find your flow. That's like it. Find your way of doing the thing because. Everyone's going to say, do this, do that. Of course, that's their thing. Totally. Find your flow. Like, find your, like, try it on for sure. Like, when I hear that, I'm like, maybe I should put more things in my calendar and block out my own, you know, (laughs) my time. It may work. Like, somebody told me to plan out my meals. And, like, the thought of that actually was like, oh, my God, that's just so organized. But I tried it. And it gave me freedom. Like it actually gave me what I was searching for. So I think it's like, try it and then choose. Exactly. There is no right or wrong. And I think that's such a valid point. And thank you for sharing that with everybody. Because it took me five years to work out that that's actually what gives me freedom. And I was so counterintuitive to what I actually thought. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yes, please, you guys test and try. And just because we're giving you ideas here maybe a few of them will resonate with you and you'll go out there and go, all right, I'm on board. Let's work on these beliefs. No, whatever it is for you guys listening. (laughs) Rochelle, oh my gosh, I've loved having this chat. Thank you so much for being on and sharing your backstory and your tips and just some really interesting, I guess, shifts that people might have needed to hear today. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been so much fun to reconnect. You too. Hey, Hustle Rebels, if you enjoyed tuning in, you have to check out HustleRebellion.com. It's where you get access to the special resources mentioned in these episodes and can watch the video versions. If this episode gave you a few tips to help you run your business better so you can live a more joyful life, please rate and review it and pass it along to a fellow business owner. As always, thank you for your support.